Hey guys, quick reminder, don't miss America's number one singing competition, The Voice. Or TV's number one drama, This Is Us. Or the one new show everyone is buzzing about. New Amsterdam. You can find them all tonight on NBC. How convenient is that? And he got something to eat from under the bush. It's happening more and more. We're seeing at least a case a week. Family pets poisoned on walks. I was thinking, well, how the hell is that possible? Our team exposes the hidden danger and warning signs. Tonight at 11 on NBC4. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking Mayans MC. I am your host, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I am so happy to be here yet again. I am here joined by my wonderful co-host, Jen. How are you doing, Jen? I am great. How I hope I really hope after this long hiatus people are still excited, uh, engaged. There's so much going on in this series, so I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, we're sorry that we didn't get a chance to re- review the last couple of episodes. We're going to try to shoehorn uh, episodes two, three f- through four in this episode and then be ready to cover five tomorrow. But uh, I know number uh, five is coming on tonight. But I, I think, you know, now that we know a lot more it should give us a lot more to talk about than, let's say, after the first episode. And hopefully we'll continue until the end of the season to uh, keep giving you weekly episodes. So what do you think about that? I think that's a great idea. There's there's so much more now in retrospect that I think we can sort of address that we maybe wouldn't have been able to address before. And the the, the body of work that has sort of passed us just now was really pivotal both from a character development standpoint and a story narrative standpoint. So it's been really exciting. Yeah, it's been very exciting. Yeah. Um, so uh, w- the way we're going to do it in this episode is we're not going to necessarily go like episode two, three, four, five. We're going to uh, just talk about two, three. I'm sorry, two through four. Uh, individually we'll just talk about the whole arc and kind of just give our our thoughts on it Uh, we won't be terribly too long tonight um but uh we'll you know we'll uh give a comprehensive look at the uh show so uh is that sounds good yeah that sounds great and we can do something a little bit more with episode five because that'll have just passed right tomorrow yeah we'll do that tomorrow uh first of all let's start off with some good news before we get into the, our review, it is uh, it's been announced yesterday that Mayans MC has been renewed for a second season after Woo! just the four episodes. So pretty cool, huh? That's that's really impressive. That really tells you something. Yeah, the show has done very well as far as the ratings are concerned. And what I'm going to do is 
uh, I should have had this already ready. I'm going to pull up what the uh, the ratings have been. And uh, so the first episode got 2.53 million uh, viewers, which is really good. Uh, it was actually exceeded the original Sons of Anarchy season one wow. pilot. And it stays steady pretty much. Uh, see, you know, it took the expected dip to 2 million uh, and then another 2 million and then it went down to 1.53 million but that's that's really good that's very good yeah that's really show. respectable for ratings yes so uh, very exciting that the show uh, not only is you know turned out to be pretty good and it seems like it's you know getting the good ratings as well it, it, you know, in some ways it kind of makes a lot of sense because it seems like the core audience from Sons of Anarchy are definitely on board. But there's a whole lot of new people, too, which I think is amazing. In fact, it's so funny. I just had somebody ask me uh, about Mayans and I told them about the podcast and what we were doing. And I mentioned, you know, Mayans MC and they were like, MC, is that master class? Yeah. <laughs> it was really cute. But they really like it too, so uh, welcome aboard, I guess. Yeah, welcome aboard. That's right. So very good to know. And uh, let me see. I think we talked about this on the last episode, but I want to make sure that I'm giving you guys the correct information. This season, yeah, we'll have eight episodes. So the season finale will be October 23rd. So a short run, but, uh, you know, this is a kind of like a test run and uh, really good for the show. It's a, it, it is definitely a short season, but boy, I definitely think that they are packing a lot into each episode. And that, and that in and of itself is rare. Um, we don't often get treated to the kind of... Um, not quick character development, but really co complete, comprehensive character development, like I'm seeing in uh, in the series right now. So it's it is, even though it's short, I feel like they are doing a really good job with the time that they have. Right. So let, let's get into the review. Uh, where we left off at, you know, uh, it was the introduction into the characters and setting and we had some old mixed with some new and uh you know i believe that we both enjoyed that that pilot very much so right oh definitely yeah so now where we're at is that uh the the glendo uh, heir to the throne <laughs> has been uh kidnapped and uh the rebels have the baby and uh so we've been let, let's start off there the, uh, this idea of kidnapping uh, uh, Miguel Galindo's and uh, Emily's uh, child by these uh, by these rebels. Um, you know, I understand the the point of view from the rebels wanting to strike back at the devil, as they call him. And um, but the idea of kidnapping the baby, you know, I don't know if that that really helps your cause. You know, I understand in their point of view, they've made so many orphans, you know, but uh, this idea of, you know, them kidnapping the child. I, I don't know if that's a, a good plan. What do you think? 
Well, I'll tell you the the way that I look at this is it, it, it from okay from a moral standpoint. No, I mean I, all you can do is empathize with any mom, and and also there's sort of that intergenerational oddity where uh, his mom comes forward and you know kind of tells sort of a oddly similar story it's really convoluted that part but they but the so the moral aspect i think is obviously really wrong but there's a an aspect to this also that reminds me of sort of the setup to a fairy tale as in there is some kind of uh morality play in the works with what's happening here like it's like it's moving along the line of some kind of fairy tale where you steal the baby in order to necessitate necessitate some kind of change or make something different. But in the end, what usually happens is the person who kidnaps the child ends up changed the most. Right. So we'll see where that goes, but that's how it's feeling to me. Yeah. I mean, even if you take the morality out of it, just as a technical uh, decision, I don't know if that's a smart idea, you know, because it does seem pretty inflammatory. Yeah, because one thing that you have as your advantage is the moral high ground. I think when you start kidnapping babies, you start to lose that moral high ground, even if even if you could say that they've killed more babies than, you know, this one. It's like you want to keep that moral high ground. And if they had kidnapped the wife, that seemed like that would make more sense than the baby. I, I have to agree with you. Uh, there's there's also another part of kidnapping the baby, which which bothers me a lot, mm -hmm. and that is, uh, and that is, it feels just a tiny bit shoehorned, like a little mm -hmm. bit forced to keep uh, Emily involved. Right. And uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that it wasn't good because you know there's lots and lots of drama out of it, but boy, it really, I, I mean, I called it. I called it the moment that I saw them leaving the restaurant. My, I was telling the people that I was watching with, oh, watch this, they're going to steal the baby. And they were like, nah, that'll never happen. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, it felt a little contrived. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's something. Yeah, I, I didn't really love it. And especially this early, that seems more like a, something that they try in like season three or four, you know, <laughs> like, but, uh, you know. I'm not in love with it. Now, mind you, for all those who are listening, we haven't seen episode five yet. So we don't know, if, you know, what happened with the storyline, if it's resolved in this coming episode. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not in love with that as a plot point, but just as a tactic by the by the group, I don't, I don't love it either. And it's going to be interesting how all of this resolves, uh, you know, um, maybe tonight. Well, <laughs> we so. also know the baby's sick. Right, right. So they are is, getting aid for the baby, too. So they're taking care yeah. of the baby the best they can. Oof. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, you know, I will say this, though. I will say that with this particular storyline, they've definitely done a good job of sort of making everybody's point of view feel like uh, it's empathetic. I mean, feeling like you're empathetic toward everybody's point of view. That's kind of rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even though M Miguel Galindo has done some like crazy stuff so far and torturing the kids and stuff like that. This move kind of does put him in a light where you, 
you he's not just the evil bad guy you actually sympathize with him and they they've gone out their way to humanize his character even though he does inhuman things and so it makes me think that because at first I was thinking, is he going to just be a first season bad guy? And by the way that they're, his storyline is unraveling, he seems like he's going to be here to stay. You know, he's not just going to be, uh, you know, a character in which that, you know, you only see in just the first season. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, he definitely has some staying power. I, I completely agree with that. And they're and they they're really going out of their way to set up the entire family as uh as points of interest so that that also gives the plot some stickiness yeah so i don't know we'll we'll see uh we'll talk about that plot point a little bit later but i, I want to transition over to uh uh easy and who is the star of the show he is the focal point of of the show and uh i want to start off with his relationship with uh, Emily, which we got a little taste in that first episode and we've have a little bit more as it goes along. And, you know, they obviously have a, uh, a connection and it's implied that possibly that child may in fact be his. Um, uh, no, that, no, that would be impossible. I thought, uh, why, why would it be impossible? Didn't she because show? Because that was eight years ago. Because he's been in jail. Oh, that's right. I'm tripping. That's right. It was eight years ago. But didn't she show him a, uh, a sonogram? She did, but we don't know what oh, then happened I'm... to that baby. I mean, if you, I, I, I have some crazy theories about that. But she, uh-huh. she didn't. Uh, apparently, I mean, we're led to believe that she didn't keep the baby. Right. I'm, lo- I'm losing it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're current, you're, you're 100% right. Yeah, I forgot it was the 8 years. I was um I guess conflating the the two storylines, but um Also, you know, quick <laughs> shout out. Just really quick shout out. They do such a good job with those flashback transitions where it says 8 years ago or 7 years ago or whatever on different signposts and in all kinds of little places in the landscape mm-hmm. and oh my god, I love that stuff. They just do such a good job with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, different and inventive. Uh, okay, so what do you think about the relationship they, as far as they showed between Emily and Easy? Uh, one thing is she uses his uh, Miguel's guards to go visit him. Now, I know she uses the cover story of she's going to pick up meat from the father, <laughs> but <laughs> which is funny in itself. Uh, but that seems very dangerous. She's playing a very dangerous game. Uh, not only with her, but um, also easy putting him in in uh, possible danger. What do you think? Well, so you know, when I first saw Emily, the the very first thing that I thought was, oh, okay, well, you know, she had her chance. I I shouldn't say it that way. I should say more or less, it, it, everything dissolved. Okay, so everything dissolved to bring her back in and make her feel like uh, like we can. Uh, like we can feel sympathetic toward her. That's a tough one. I mean, I go back and forth because I want to. Uh, I, I want to sort of be in the most empathetic place for Ez for Ezekiel. But I. But I also am like, uh, 
it's hard because I feel like, well, she gave it up. And not only did she give it up, but she gave it up for like the worst possible step that you could possibly make by basically being with the, how can I even say this? It's not, it's not that like, I'm, I'm not judging her choices. I'm from the story standpoint, they put Emily in such a crazy position that it's hard for me to, to feel a lot for her other than as a mom, but it's hard for me to feel a lot for her because of the choices that she's made since he's been in jail. Right. And so, and so, yeah, so the answer is, I feel like, yes, that was a very dangerous move on her part. But I also think two things. One, as a mom, I would risk anything, including bodily harm to save my children. But two, I also think that Emily is is possibly sort of setting herself up to play both sides of the street. And I, I don't know how that's going to turn out, but I have this very strong inclination that clearly the relationship with Easy is not over. Clearly there's still something kind of holding them together. And what that may be as time goes by feels like it's going to be pretty major in importance. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But I don't, you know, I don't love Emily. I'm not a big fan of her character so far. Now, maybe just early. And I don't know. I just, the actress is, you know, a really good actress. And, uh, you know, I don't know how I feel about the character. Like, like you said, the decisions that she makes. And then she does, like, reckless type stuff that I understand where her mental state is, you know, with her child being out there. But I don't know if I, I I'm not, she's my least favorite character right now. Yeah. It's, it, she doesn't, the, the thing is she comes off in, to, in sort of two directions, which, which may actually be important later, but she, she comes off as being sort of the standoffish person who can easily turn her back on what I thought, what, what I think she thought was the love of her life. And, and then you also have the other side, which is somebody who's like a mother lioness who's willing to do anything that it takes in order to sort of get things back under control. What I didn't like about the very last episode, and I know this may be a point of contention, but I really didn't like the fact that Emily was bringing up the fact that basically the way to win over the people was to was to make themselves the savior of the situation uh, that uh, boy that really bothers me yeah i yeah because she's at times she seems like you know it seems like one moment she seems like she's bothered by the violence and bothered by you know the darkest aspects of her life but then with that it makes you wonder like wait a minute is she embracing it i mean yeah, exactly yeah it, it's kind of I don't know. I don't know how. I don't even know how to feel about it. But yeah, she she's right now is not my one of my favorite characters. Um, also, uh, I want to talk about uh, you know the the father. Um, I love his character, and I love Edward James almost. He first of all, let's just say he's a terrific a- actor, and one thing that he does so well is like a lot of great actors do is 
he sells scenes without even talking, you know, like Definitely. he, you know, he just, you know, it's in his face, it's in the, the, the movements. And when he's in the scene, he owns every scene he's in. He's just, you know, he's just an outstanding actor and he can play. I've seen him play broad characters, you know, and I've also play, see him play these quiet, more understated characters and with the same intensity. And right. on this show, he brings so much gravitas to to his role. I mean, he's the perfect person because when he is kind, you believe it. When he is the, the caring dad, you believe it. When he grabs right. a shotgun to someone's face, you believe it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's just, uh, you know, and I really like his character. I love how, you know, he's willing to risk his life to protect his son. You know, he's, you know, I love the moments where he meets with uh, uh, either a agent and he, you know, those scenes are very w well done. And he just has this look on his face like, what are you doing here? You're going to get my son killed. You know, it's not even right. about himself because he's in danger, you know. Uh, when when those scenes happen. But, uh, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on his character. Well, <clears throat> first of all, the, the, there is there is something to be said for, and I've said this uh, many times, right? Mm -hmm. Felipe, not I'm just sorry. in this podcast, but elsewhere as well. Mm -hmm. Felipe, <clears throat> there, there are um, There are a lot of reasons to lean on actors and actresses that have experience mm -hmm. that that have uh that have years in in not just the trade but the but sort of have like you said that screen presence mm -hmm. <clears throat> and i don't feel like that always uh it doesn't always come up as often as it does in a drama that is really meant to be multi-generational and very um where the importance is on a multi-generational environment. And so the, the choice of him as the dad, first of all, I think you're right, it couldn't have been a better pick. But secondly, there is something about his presence which has, even in the most violent of sort of aspects, a calming effect so that no, it's not that there isn't still that sort of sense of tension. It's that the sense of tension is sort of always on his side, where it always feels like this guy could do no wrong, even if he was doing wrong. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's a weird sense of, so, but it, it was just such a perfect pick to be who he is playing. And you're right. I mean, even in the moments when he's like, um, when he's clearly not happy with what's going on he still he still always seems to find a way to treat the scene with a kind of respect the the people that are in the scene with a kind of respect that is so different from the sort of in your face almost juxtaposition to what we see with the MC happening sometimes where it you know every man for himself that to me feels like the biggest contrast and it also i think it also sets the stage for how you know Ezekiel it actually has good intentions. You yeah. look at his dad, and yeah. you can see that there is something really special in that bond. And, Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, the scene where uh, where uh, Jimenez 
uh, I believe it was Jimenez was the one who uh, um, had to basically use the intel that he had on him to uh, to get him to or to potentially try to oh, get him right. to uh, to uh, get his son to do something that he may he doesn't want to do. And when he, you know, when obviously there's some secret that we're going to find out eventually and that he doesn't want his kids to know about. And just that scene was so powerful and, you know, it was written very well and it was acted uh, very well as well. And then I love the fact that that um, it bothered him almost as much to, to have to do it, you know, when he had to pull over and he threw up, Yeah, you know. So it shows you what kind of person he is, you know, that he, you know, he didn't want to do that, you know, to him, you know, and that he had actual respect for him, that he didn't want to do it. You know, it was, it was a great scene. It, it was. And, and, and in some ways, see, this is where I feel like we were off in a different uh, in a different universe, sort of, mm -hmm. than Sons of Anarchy, where they where. I, I'm I, usually when you're watching a show like this, it's either one side or the other, right? It's the criminal organized gang is this is who you should sympathize with. And, and, and these are the right people. And then there's law enforcement and they are clearly out to get you. And they're the wrong people or vice versa, where mm -hmm. the law enforcement is always right. And the criminal element is always wrong. And in my ends, there is this unbelievably sort of, to me, gorgeous gray line in the center that the characters regularly cross. And that is what makes compelling, excellent story. That gray line says, hey, you know what? Every single person in this entire series is a human being and subject to the rules of sort of that gray area. And th that, I, I just, I feel like that is such a huge difference between Mayans and Sons of Anarchy. Not that Sons of Anarchy didn't also have some gray lines, but it was just less, it wasn't as broad as this is. Right. Yes. Very, very excellent. And, you know, a character that uh, we, we haven't quite got the full story on, but we've had different, you know, pellets, if you will, is uh, Angel uh, Reyes, the uh, the brother, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, there's so much more to that character, and you can tell. Uh, and, you know, I'm really interested in, in seeing more about his, you know, he obviously loves his brother, and he actually cares about a cause. Now, the cause may get him killed, <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, you think that Easy is walking a a, a, a tightrope, you know, um, Angel is even worse, you know, what he's, uh, what he's doing. So I don't even know who would get, you know, uh, I guess they would go in the same ditch if they found out, <laughs> you know, so. it, it, it's funny that they're on sort of separate sides. And I mean, really, they could, it could be seen that they are really sort of betraying each other. And yet at the same time, it's like, well, yes, but they're both sort of betraying uh, each other, and the bigger betrayal is sort of around them. It's like it's like uh, it's like an interconnected, uh, almost well, actually a very convoluted kind of um, labyrinth where everybody is sort of not just interconnected, but and especially Angel, who I feel like has m obviously more history with the MC, and also has at the same time 
history with his brother and history with the dad that we haven't even been that we haven't even seen yet that hasn't been revealed to us yet so where his motivations come in to me that's a huge gray gray area i i have no idea what might be coming next out of that i did i did see in i think it was the last episode or maybe it was the one prior but there were these really strong moments between the two of them that i felt like really showed who they were as brothers like that relationship was clearly a bonded relationship i i liked that i i just i felt like that was important to see yeah yeah and it deepens you know the uh the knowledge that you know about these two characters and how they interact with each other obviously you know easy is the favorite son it's evident right clearly yes and uh and angel is you know more the dark seed <laughs> you know so or the black sheep or whatnot but uh you know it, it's it, i love though the dynamic there and um I think you pronounce her name uh, Adlita, Ad, Ad, Adlita, the uh, leader of the um, the rebels. Yeah, Adelita. Adelita, thank you, Adelita. She uh, she and Angel seem to have something going on, or at least maybe Angel would like it to be. Uh, I, I caught a little something there. I think it was the last episode. Yeah, the last episode yeah. where where there was something. It was kind of like a throwaway. Almost like, yeah, we don't, I don't know. We need to go through that, you know? So, so that's going to be interesting too, to see what that is, you know, what that's all about, uh, or if that even plays out. But, uh, I I have to say, you know, in the beginning, I was actually kind of, um, wow, I'm so shallow. I can't even believe I'm going to say this in the beginning. I was kind of like, oh, you know, no Jack shirtless, you know, none of that good stuff. And now I'm thinking, you know, I don't know. This is really, really good. Like, I'm not saying, look, if anybody's listening out there who can provide fan service, please provide fan service by all means. <laughs> but there is something, there's something that even sort of supersedes just seeing the, 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 the awesome visuals on screen and, and what we get in return without sort of jumping into an immediate love story, without jumping into uh, some of the things that I find almost distracting on the sidelines they're really paying attention to building the characters and like you said even that little piece where there might be something going on it feels teased and and that i like that i like it a lot without sort of having everything be full-blown on the table within one episode and we know that they're limited on time so you know i'm sure that there must be a feeling to try to rush it, but they don't, which no. I think is laudable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another storyline that I, that I, uh, in, enjoyed and it goes back. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember if it's the first or second episode, but the, the, when they chased the guys and they fell into the ditch, they went into the ditch and they thought that Coco uh, they had done a, a porn with Coco's sister. Oh, right. And he's like, I don't even have a sister, you know. And then we come to find out later that, you know, it paid off that in the last episode, we find out that, in fact, that is his daughter. And who has been telling people that that's his sister. And, right. uh, you know, so uh, what do you think about that uh, storyline? 
It was, I, we, I was good. you know, we, we, the, the people that I watched this with went round and round on that storyline, mm-hmm. trying to guess what may or may not be happening there. Mm-hmm. And we had all guessed really wrong. We had all guessed that it was going to end with, uh, with some kind of confrontation between him and another another person um and so to have the confrontation end up being between his daughter and his mom was pretty huge actually that was a huge revelation also i yeah, boy talk about tugging on your heartstrings I, I i don't even know how to deconstruct or process what must have been happening from an emotional standpoint in that parking lot for any one of them I just I cannot even fathom it. That was I think one of the biggest emotional pits to experience in this series so far, and that says a lot. Yeah, uh, Richard Carbajal, who plays uh, Johnny Coco Cruz, is you know he's a, a good actor, and he's starting to pop up in a lot of stuff, and he always gives a very strong performance. Unfortunately, he does kind of play this kind of this character. Uh, or, or a character much like it, and uh, but I mean, he does it very effectively. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I called him the uh, Mexican Tig because uh, <laughs> they're very, very uh, kind of similar characters. But um, I think they developed his heart uh, a little earlier than Tig. I don't remember. I think it took a while before you started seeing that side of Tig. You know. Uh, the yeah. human, the human uh, side of him. So, uh, I think you know they established that he's you know kind of an off character and and you know early, but then they went pretty quickly to this storyline which humanizes him. So uh, you know I like it. I, I like it already. So he's not just a one trick pony. You know he because when he went and picked up the prostitute, you know you know that was an interesting way to end it, and then then you find out what's going on. So, um, he, you know, he feels really, he feels very authentic mm-hmm. that, uh, that not every character in Mayans feels super authentic, but mm-hmm. he does. There's uh, you can, I don't know. There's something about the way that the actor plays that character that I, I, I don't know if it connects or what, but it is so there's a realness about it that feels it's super compelling on screen. I mean, the moments when he's on screen, I, sometimes I forget to take notes or be paying attention to things that I normally pay attention to because that's the power of that sort of understated charisma. It's, it's, just, it's just so present in there. But it just feels, I don't know, just feels very, very, very authentic. Like I'm watching somebody else that I would might know. Right. No. Uh, outstanding character. Uh, as I said in the first episode, um, I was so glad to see Michael Irby on this show playing Bishop. You know, fantastic actor. And, you know, I can go on and on. I think I did in the, the first episode. And uh, he definitely hasn't disappointed. Um, one thing that I like about his leadership on this show is that uh, he pretty much you know he really cares about his guys he's not someone who wants to be this criminal he, right you know he kind of is in it he's you know he's obviously 
ready, ready, willing and able to do what he needs to do for the good of the club. But he's one of those people that you feel like if he's going to make a decision, it's going to be at his club's best interest. Uh, going back to I hate to keep going back to sons, but, um, you know, you didn't always think that that's what was going <laughs> to happen. You know, uh, you, you know, you kind of you kind of uh, wondered at times uh, with a certain leader <laughs> uh, what his true intentions were, or you know, uh, and I, I know that'll be something that you know, uh, Suns fans would definitely, you know, uh, have issues with me saying it. But uh, you know what I mean? Like, no, I, I I think you're right, and and I think I, I think from the very beginning, this this story, the story of this club, mm-hmm. has been told not just differently but with uh, a different emphasis Mm -hmm. the there is definitely i see that connection you can you like you said you can tell that he really cares about the people (laughs) that are around him it's not just uh it although i'm sure that there is some i mean i'm sure that there's got to be some uh exploitative you know angle to some of this but for the most part I mean, they are really playing a lot of angles with these characters. They're really playing that every man really believes he's doing. And, you know, just saying that out loud reminds me of the opening credits, the opening theme. It, it, it just, there's something genuine about every everybody's intentions. It doesn't feel so, um, it doesn't feel so, like I said, every man for himself. It just, it feels like there's something else sort of happening here. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes you wondered if Clay was making the, you know, making decisions based on everybody's best interests or his own. So, but so far with Bishop, he seems to care. And, uh, you know, Marcus Alvarez, his cousin, uh, you know, which I'm glad that he's been in every episode. You can see that he cares as well. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's very interesting. And you, I love the dynamic. Do, mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Do you think that based on <clears throat> what you've seen so far um, from, the, and this is coming from multiple angles, right? Because the because the story legitimately is about the MC. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, and I think you have to, you'd have to be blind not to sort of get that. But do you think that there may be too much happening? That there may be too many angles for them to sort of, I don't think they're going to wrap it up in eight episodes, but is, is there too much for people to pay attention to? Or do you feel like it's a good balance? No, I think it's a good balance. I think, you know, like one thing about shows that especially programs that people really enjoy that have staying powers is, you know, they open up a lot of cans and a lot of uh, threads happen. And eventually some threads get, you know, um, we come to resolution on some threads and some kind of continue on. So I think that's what they're doing. You know, they're opening up some threads and that's what a good show does. And I'm interested. I can't wait till the episode tonight. You know, uh, I can't, you know, so I'm very interested in seeing where, how this all plays out. So they're I, doing I, their job. I, I tend to agree. I think that they have, I, I, I mean, I actually asked, just because that is one criticism that I heard 
but I do think that that they have sort of laid down enough story seeds to allow things to grow and propagate on their own. And then we as the viewers will go back over time and go, oh, I remember when that started. And it, there's a fulfilling, you get a fulfilling feeling about that. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're, we come to the, the close in this podcast. Uh, we will have a much more detailed review of the next episode, but we wanted to, since we hadn't been on for a while, at least uh, recognize the episodes that we didn't cover and also get the news out for those who may not know that uh, season two is going to happen. But uh, I like, you know, I like the last three episodes and I'm looking forward to tonight's episode. Aren't you? I definitely am. This is, this is, this is one of the things that I don't usually DVR. I actually watch it in real time. So that that tells you something because I DVR everything. So Yeah, I do too. Because one is it's hard to, you know, have an opportunity when you, you know, when you're so busy to watch, you know, even the really good shows. And, you know, so this is a, this is a good thing though that, this episode is that good that it, it actually had us. I mean, these episodes have been that good that we want to watch them, you know, when they air. So I've definitely seen them when they aired. I just haven't. We just haven't had the time to to talk about them. Yeah. Apologies, everyone. Yes. But we will do much better. So uh, how can people get you? Um, how can people get you? <laughs> well, I could just give out my phone number. I mean, call me and chat Mayans anytime. Um, I'm on social media on Twitter at following bliss one. And I have two websites. One is critical laughs with two L's.com. And the other is movies make the meal.com. So join me there. All right. You can get me at Kente F on Twitter and you can go to our website, IndyRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y radio.org. Join us tomorrow as we will give a full review of episode five of season one. Peace. Hey guys, quick reminder, don't miss America's number one singing competition, The Voice. Or TV's number one drama, This Is Us. Or the one new show everyone is buzzing about. New Amsterdam. You can find them all tonight on NBC. How convenient is that? And he got something to eat from under the bush. It's happening more and more. We're seeing at least a case a week. Family pets poisoned on walks. I was thinking, well, how the hell is that possible? Our team exposes the hidden danger and warning signs. Tonight at 11 on NBC4.